Three. Two. Two. One. One. Dr. CB. Yo. What up? We here. We here. With two mics? We got two mics, man. We were at four. We're down to two. Well, <laughs> we still got four mics. They all just have different nuances to them. They're special. Two aren't working. Yeah. Too well. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Mars is in retrograde based on the performance of our microphones. I would 100% agree. Based on human behavior outside of the Dunny and technological behavior inside of the yeah. Dunny, yeah. Mars is in retrograde. Yeah. I think the equivalent of Mars in another galaxy is also in retrograde based on how it's going. So whatever Mar whatever is equivalent <laughs> to Mars in every other galaxy is in retrograde? Yeah. Yeah. It's like all the Marses are in all the retrogrades. hundred uh, percent. I think you're onto something. <laughs> Because whatever is happening with this tech stuff in the Dun Dun, yeah. there's only one explanation. Yeah. Mars everywhere is in retrograde. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Dude, so we are coming fresh off of that mindfulness joint. Yeah. And we're going beyond flag again. Beyond flag. Stoked for this one. Let's yeah. let's do some of them nice shouts. Mm. Get into that. Yeah. Hashtag nice shouts. Yeah. Dude. Can I lead us off? Yeah, I'd love for that. A huge one. Inspirational one. Yeah. Sarah Hall just straight crushing that london marathon yeah yeah pr took second in in the women's london marathon and beyond that created a video clip that i think will go into the ages like mm. just held on to legendary yeah. just this massive kick at the end i don't know how you feel when you watch that for me it's like so inspiring oh yeah like yep. watching someone kick it into the gear and just understand like what is going on mentally and physically for that oh, person at that moment and yeah. then to perform at yeah. that level. It's yeah. so cool to watch. Yeah. It'd be so cool to hear about it. Mm -hmm. I wonder if we could ever get a chance to interview her. It'd be really cool to hear about it because it seems like at that point, the mental has to kind of take over and will the body yeah. beyond what it's doing. So Yeah. Really and I feel powerful. like you could watch it. Oh, yeah. Something clicked. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. So, nice shout, Sarah Hall. <clears throat> nice shout, Sarah Hall. Well done. Long-time flag res. Yeah. Been training in Crested Butte and then pulled out that performance. Yeah. Rad. Next nice shout, man. Long-time Flagstaff resident and community staple. Cosmic Ray. Uh, he passed yeah. on this past week. Yeah, yeah. So founder of Cosmic Cycles. Bike shop's been here since the early 70s. Yeah. You could see Ray all around town. He had a couple books. Um, you know, I think it was 50 Favorite Hikes in Sedona and Flagstaff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. Fat Tire Tales and Trails mm -hmm. by Cosmic Ray, man. So he passed on this past week and is also uh, renowned with throughout the town for posting up at Macy's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely put his stamp on this area, right? No doubt. Yeah. So uh, we wish Ray the best. Many trails in the next step. Yeah, many trails. Many trails. Yeah. Next one, nice shout, carry.mcp on the IG. All right. Yeah, she, she shouted us out. So Brightside Book, local okay. staple, great mm -hmm. store. That's where you get things. Uh, posted on podcast day, asked for, for um, people on IG to list their favorite podcasts. Mm -hmm. Carry.mcp was feeling very generous uh -huh. and shouted us out. Beyond flag? Yeah, put us on there. Charity? Put us on the map. Charity. Off for the year, niceties. Or? So shout out, Carrie. Thank you. Damn, thank you. Yeah, hashtag niceties from Carrie.mcp on the IG, you said? Yeah. Yeah, that was the alphabet soup. <laughs> <laughs> I like them. Just throwing in them CDAs. Yeah, and speaking of CDAs, dude, I got one, one more for today. All right. B dot. 
B dot. Yeah, I got a B dot, man. What's B dot? Yeah, B dot's a bitchin' day of tunes. Ah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. September 25th? Yeah. Do you remember what happened? A lot of, a lot of music drops. Holy man. <laughs> a lot of music drops. A lot of old school music drops for them middle-aged men. I know. It was like a blast from the past, man. So three albums came out that are all within the realm that kind of represent different times in life, like yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Public Enemy. Public Enemy. When the grid goes down. Holy moly. Flavor Flav's got to be like 95 years old now. <laughs> but he's doing it. Yeah, maybe maybe not chronologically, but developmentally. <laughs> he's there. He's there. Uh, but man, what a great album. And then uh, one of my favorites, man, the Deftones. Oh, yeah. Deftones put out a new album. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then someone who we've talked about on this pod. Yeah. The Idols, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They dropped a new album all on the same day. It was a little overwhelming for me. Yeah. Well, the idols I knew coming, it was coming. Mm-hmm. The, the other two were a complete shock. Yeah. Complete surprise. But... I, I feel like they all just got on a FaceTime together and were like, yes, 25th. Bill's three. Chuck D, Joe Talbot, and Chino Moreno. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine those three hanging out? Chuck D, Chino, and uh, Joe. And Joe. It might be something from my dreams, honestly. Oh, man. If I could hang out with those three. Dialogue. Wow. Intense. It'd be so great. Good stuff. Great stuff. So, yeah, we had to point out that B dot because that's September 25th isn't something that happens very often. Yeah. Since so like 1990, what was it, three or four? Wu Tang and Tribe Called Quest putting out an album on the same day. Like, that's that's unheard of, man. <laughs> it harkens back to that day. Yeah. I don't know that I'm going to go that strong uh, yet, but big day. I'm there. Okay. <laughs> I'm there. It's a big day okay. for music. So, now we got. Now we got a couple of CDAs in the in here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got that B dot and the yeah. DOS. Who Speaking we, of, who are we gonna be on flag with? Oh man, for this show we're gonna be on flag. Vince Sherry, Saint Vincent de Sherry, Saint Vincent de Sherry, who is the CEO, president, owner, operator, maybe even the DOS, the, the director of strategy, maybe even the director of strategy of Team Run Flagstaff. Yeah. Vince grew up in New York and attended college at U, uh, University of North Carolina, Charlotte. Was a collegiate runner who graduated with a degree in education with plans to be a middle school science teacher. Shout out, Vince. Wowzers. Yeah, that is Mars in retrograde type, type dreams. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at any rate, ended up in Flagstaff uh, somewhat by happenstance, but has developed to a strong connection to the run community in this, in this area over time. Stays connected to running in various ways and has moved on from the collegiate track, but continues to get out running, mostly on the trails has a deep awareness of what he termed the fragmented run history of Flagstaff with with connections to contemporary runners in the area. And most notably, Vince helped to organize the Run With Rivs Challenge in support of Tommy Rivers Pusey. Yeah, that was what that was really cool to hear about that, about yeah. the origins of that, the ideas for that. There was a lot of intentionality for how they approached that. Yeah, potentially where it's going. Yeah, let's go beyond flag with Vince Sherry. Welcome to Beyond Flag, a Beyond the Pines production, created by, with, and for the people of Flagstaff, building connection in the town we love. We are your hosts, Dr. Daniel J. Phillips, and Cody Bayless, also known as Dr. Chinchilla Nice Nice. Thanks for tuning in as we go Beyond Flag, straight from the dunny of our observatory. All 
right, Dan, guess what, man? We're in the done. <laughs> I know. I know we're in the done. We're sitting way too close to each other. Dude, just violating the CDC rules right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm closer yeah. to you in this room than I ever thought I would be. Yeah. Ever would ever want to be also. You know, I've wondered how much would I pay for a mic, and today I'd probably pay a few hundred for a mic. I'd pay way more just to get <laughs> some distance. Yeah. At any rate, so we're sitting here with uh, St. Vincent de Sherry today. So Vince, thanks for coming through. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for inviting me over. Yeah. And you've been super gracious with us on this process thus far. Yeah. We really appreciate it. This yeah. has been the most entertaining part of my day. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Thank you, guys. It's uh, been excellent. Yeah, no doubt. To give our listeners a little context, maybe you'll see this in some of the photos, but we had a microphone go out. And uh, given our level of technological expertise, <laughs> our only solution is that Dan and I could sit two feet from each other and use the same mic. So here we are. The worst case scenario. Gosh. So I'm practically looking at Vince through the back of my head. <laughs> um, super glad that he's here. Yeah. So again, Vince, thanks for coming through. Um, we just kind of want to start with life as it is now. So just being the you know, owner, operator, or president, is that right, of Run Flag staff? and then. Technically president? Technically president, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, for uh, legal purposes. Okay. To satisfy the attorneys, um, can you tell us what life is like right now, um, running the business in a pandemic and just how things have been for you? Yeah. Our our experience currently is is that we've, we've fallen into a pretty good routine. So, you know, what was sort of an odd protocol for us a few months ago has, has become a very normal protocol. Um, the process of wiping things down, keeping distance, wearing masks, communicating with customers. Um, it's, it's interesting for how hectic things were a few months ago, how that's just become a normal part of daily business. So I, I think that now for what it is, there's a bit of normalcy to it for us day to day. It's not something we think super hard about. It's just part of the routine. Yeah, gotten your groove down. Yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. We, we were fortunate. We... Um, we were able to remain open through the worst of it, which in and of itself presented a lot of its own challenges. It was it was good to be able to continue to do business. We needed to be able to do that um, for the size of our business and how long we've been in business. But that was also very uh, nerve wracking and challenging. Um, but it, at this time, it gave us you know it gave us time to settle in and work our way through the processes. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about that initial that nervousness and the challenge that that it posed when you first learned about all the the restrictions and that kind of thing that were taking place? Yeah, it, it was interesting from the perspective that um, I think everybody was caught off guard by the the seeming lack of rhyme or reason as to why some businesses were allowed to remain open and so, while well, some businesses were closed. I couldn't have made sense of that myself. We were allowed to remain open because we fell into the um, outdoor recreation category, which which was deemed essential. While we felt fortunate to be in that category, it also put a lot of extra responsibility on us to do it in the most you know thorough way possible because the guidelines and the restrictions at that point were loose. Um, I mean, you were closed or you open, but how you operate open was not super clear to us. So we saw businesses, you know, absolute bikes next door did it a little bit differently than we did things. So you could literally be in, you know, you could enter two businesses in the same parking lot and have to follow an entirely different protocol. Mm -hmm. Mountain sports around the corner had closed on their own of their own accord. Um, and, and when you look at the variance from business to business and the solutions that we were able to, uh, apply ourselves, um, 
that actually it made the responsibility much much larger than it would have been if somebody just handed us a set of guidelines and said yeah. here just do this is what retail businesses are doing do this mm-hmm. um it wasn't like that it was really open and loose which leaves leads to a very large customer interpretation of of um whether or not you're doing that successfully mm-hmm. right whether or not you're doing it successfully was judged by the person you were serving in that moment we heard things from customers about how glad they were that we were open that they could come do business with us um, we got very little feedback, but we did receive some feedback from a couple of very regular customers that were extremely disappointed that we were open at all and felt that that was entirely irresponsible, yeah, yeah. Um, which was obviously extremely hard to take. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad we're past that point. Yeah. Things are a little yeah. clearer now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at, at its most intense, that, that, that was kind of what we had to work through to, to do, yeah. to do this successfully. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, there are concerns for staff as well. You know, we were open. It's a it's a pretty high exposure. It does that endanger our staff and and our customers going to abide by the the policies that we've put in place and follow them accordingly. And that was nerve wracking as well. So yeah. Yeah, it was a challenge. Yeah. Well, hats off to you. It seems like you guys have turned a corner with it or found Thanks. a groove the way you describe it. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. You know, I think beyond that too, like you've really um, been able to develop a culture in in Flagstaff around running is what it seems. Also. Yeah, it's. Um, I've never quite been able to wrap my head around that idea. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it, it's so it's such a strange thing. Um, if you guys ever get a chance to interview Nat White, you should absolutely do it. Nat's been here a long time. Um, he raised his son Andy. Andy's kids grew up here, you know. And and Nat was in this generation of running community that came through Flagstaff in the '60s. And you would hear Nat tell these stories about. It's like, oh, we were the first to do this, or we, you know, the collective group that I would be in would say that, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but that's happened multiple times here. We just we lose track of the history, and it's so, it's odd how how segmented the Flagstaff running history, how chopped up it's become over the years. It's not been this really smooth linear thing, but I I saw a picture posted to Facebook the other day of a race outside of what would have been. Uh, the old Babbitt Sports mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, with a big Brooks banner. It's 1988, you know, huge Brooks <laughs> banner. All that. I'm like, I recognize some of these guys. These guys are still, and, you know, we would have thought like the downtown mile was like the first ever road race or, yeah. you know, in Flagstaff or the, or the hospice 10K, 5, 10K or something, yeah. but it's not. I mean, there were all sorts of things that preceded this stuff and just kind of came and went and came and went. Um, I mean, there have been elite athletes training here, to my knowledge, since at least the 60s. Yeah. And even now, the running community here, it's interesting because you can put the name Run Flagstaff on a store and put the building downtown, and it's like, wow, the running store. But in a lot of towns, that's true, the running store. Build, but, man, there are so many people that have been involved and stuck around the last 10 to 15 years to build it into what it is now. It's it's um, We get some credit for that, which I think is nice for nice for business, but it's, it's kind of not entirely accurate. I don't, I don't think to, to our benefit, but, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a lot of people working hard and a lot of people behind the scenes putting, putting in some stuff. So we, we're a good hub, but, um, it's been a huge community effort. Uh, For sure. Being humble. I was thinking, uh, it sounds like there's an opportunity for research here. Uh, yeah. We could get a, a historian to collect a nice uh, a nice narrative of 
Flagstaff running history. I'm, I'm and, t- Nat's the guy. He could sit here and yeah. tell you off the top of his head till okay. tomorrow. I mean, the stories, every time I've ever bumped into him, he has another one for me I haven't heard. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, and it's cool. It's cool stuff. I, I think whether you really run or cool. not, just yeah. his history of town. And, yeah, it's, it's great. That, 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 yeah, that would be really cool to hear about. You know, part of me listening to that wondered if um, your motivation to make that work came from thinking the alternative would be teaching middle school science. <laughs> that was exactly my thought, too. Was like, I yeah. can't think of anything more miserable. <laughs> well, anything that would be more, more motivating, right? Every day, you're just getting out and grind 24-7. I would yeah. never say that. Teaching's a teaching's a wonderful profession. With, it is. Yeah, lots of benefits. No uh, doubt. Yeah. Middle schoolers, though, huh? It's super hard, man. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Trench work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good for you. Totally. Yeah. No doubt. I was also wondering, so uh, kind of going along with current culture, Flagstaff running, who are some of the other people in town that you feel like you're working pretty closely with or side by side with on um, either races and just other things going on in the running community? Yeah. So the Flagstaff Summer Series has been a staple here for a long time. So the race directors of that series, some have been very, very steady and some have changed over the years. But um, the Summer Series was was my initial exposure to to running in this town. That was the local race scene, you know, 14 years ago. Um, and a lot of those races remain super relevant now. Um, Neil Weintraub, who is the the founder of Natra, um, Northern Arizona Trail Runners. Uh, Neil's been here a long time and put a ton of work into the community and the foundation. And, you know, the cool thing about it is even though Neil preceded us, he's always been super open and welcoming. And that crew was on the earlier end. Um, Gail Hughes actually did a lot of work um, Gail was a, had owned her own timing company and registration company. And she's kind of like one of the quiet people that work in the background and do a lot of the technical things, but made a lot of advancements in chip timing and online scoring in like, you know, places that you could see the results. And that kind of grew sort of the, started to grow the small town racing scene here into this more known, like the downtown mile wouldn't have had a live results without her initially. We timed those races now, but she started that, Right. Mike Smith over, you know, the head coach over at NAU. Uh, Mike and I moved here within two weeks of each other. Oddly enough, we'd raced each other through high school and college um, and, oh, wow. and moved with, with, without ever speaking a word to each other. I mean, we went back <laughs> and saw photos of each other racing since we were 18. Oh, um, wow. It's amazing. You can still find, like, there are two left on the, like, the preliminary internet. It's not even like the internet today, but, like, when they right. just scanned everything and uploaded results, you know? Right. Um, on PDF, so there's still some some. So it was funny when Mike and I first moved to town. It's like you you'd get a email like, "Hey man, beat you," and it would just be like, <laughs> <laughs> like some old race result. We didn't, you know, it's just yeah. an old irrelevant thing. We still do that yeah. from time to time. Um, but do Mike, you, do you have some you're hanging on to? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah a couple here and there, but good for you. Yeah, he get he can uh, he can get me back every time. But Mike started. Uh, team run Flagstaff through Altius, which was the center for high altitude training back when Jack Daniels was in town. Um, and, and Mike, when the center for high altitude training shut down in 09, they founded TRF, team run Flagstaff, uh, in 2010. And that's sort of under normal circumstances, you know, uh, oftentimes specialty running stores will have their own run club. And the cool thing about Flagstaff is they have this whole other entity that operates with a board of directors. Um, and you can go, you know, be coached by the same guy that coached 
the NCAA cross country champions two years ago. So it's sort of a cool community thing. Um, that this place really prides itself on. And then there's a whole nother generation of runners that came in afterwards, you know, that have stuck around. And I mean, you had Eric on, um, I mean, Eric and his crew, uh, the Coconino Cowboys, that whole group. Um, yeah. So it just, you know, you can just see it continue to build and build. Yeah. Well, it was interesting to hear that that, so TRF coincided with you moving on to route 66 closely yeah so we moved on to route 66 and changed the name from a runner's high to run flagstaff in september of 09 i believe team run flagstaff started running practices in march or april of 2010 okay yeah i guess i always thought those two things went hand in hand yeah yeah it's interesting to hear it was i mean we had meetings and talked about it and went through the pros and cons of maintaining the name on both the store and the club um yeah, but I mean, that that group has evolved. Erin uh, Stroud is the executive director. She writes for uh, Women's Running Magazine now. She's written for Running Times, Runner's World. There are just all these people working on this stuff at a very high level in the sport in general, not even just in this town, but in the sport. Um, and, and you go and show up and benefit to these things at a local level as a participant as if you were anywhere else, except the quality of what you're getting in that running community is so high mm-hmm. as just an average participant in, in, you know, or a recreational runner or weekend. Well, like it's, it's, um, it's so much higher than any place I could, I could think of just, mm-hmm. just by the people who happen to gravitate toward this mm-hmm. place for their profession. I wonder comparing it to some of your experiences, you mentioned running in high school and in college, um, and being from New York and going to UNC. Um, yeah, how does running here compare to those experiences? Because you just said it's, it's, it's more um, elite or intense here than anywhere else you've been. There, it, it can be. Yeah. Yeah. So we used to joke when we would run the summer series races like 14 years ago that you could win your conference championship or qualify for NCAAs, but you couldn't win the hospice five. <laughs> right. So, so it was this thing where you know you you'd go run this race down to. I mean. I'm sure you guys know Rob Carr, who's now, you know, world renowned in the, in the the ultra running world. I mean, Rob was just a guy we used to race at Fort Tuthill on a Saturday, you know, he was our buddy like that. That was like, but when you look at what some of these individuals have done both before and after that little window of time, I guess third was okay. You know, it's like, it's, that seems all right in the context. So there's sort of that, that weird component um, at times, but then every group run I've ever gone to has been super welcoming mm-hmm. and everybody is pretty humble. And it's like, you know, people joke all the time about, oh yeah, my, my neighbor's an Olympian. But if, <laughs> if you lived three doors down from Janet Bauckham, she wouldn't tell you about her yeah. Olympic experience. She would just like hang out and talk about the season or yeah. what the weather has been like lately yeah. or, you know, so th- it's a cool thing about the culture here is it like has this intense edge if you're paying attention, but it's not in your face. And I don't think it's in an an all intimidating way. Like I I don't, I don't, we've had a lot of people even come into the shop. They're like, man, I was really intimidated to come in here. It's like, why? You know, it's like, well, everybody that works here looks so fast, you know, Uh, (laughs) they look fast. Yeah. (laughs) They just look fast. And I mean, 
I'm at a point in my life now where I've walked in the door and looked around. And I'm like, man, I'm the slowest person by a long shot in this place. You know, <laughs> like I own the store. You know, but you got to stop hiring. Yeah, the, the cowboys and yeah, that you can't you can't avoid it. You know, it's some of its experience and who's available, but it's the response is always the same. It's once I sat down and started talking to the person I was working with. I was just like, I just forgot about that. They were great. Thanks so much for the help, you know? And it's, um, that's not unique to the store. That's just this place. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I could name some other elite training towns where they do not have that reputation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I have to, yeah. I have to agree a hundred percent. Like I actually, um, I've been in there to the run store and, you know, some elite runners are working and, um, it can be intimidating uh, and everyone's always been so friendly. I even remember one time where I went there looking at shoes and the, the, a new model had come out and, um, the rep was there and like, yeah, everyone was just like, Oh, try on this new one. It's not here now, but give it a shot. Um, like it's just so welcoming and friendly, even though everything on the wall. And even I was thinking, as you were describing that in my mind, I was thinking about around the store you have, I think you have stuff signed by Scott Jurek and I, I mean, just other people, re- <laughs> world renowned runners yeah, yeah. in the store there. But the, the culture of it is to be really friendly there. If you bumped into almost anyone that's ever thought to come by and like, you know, sign the cover of their running times mm-hmm. while they were passing through, mm-hmm. most of the people that even think to do that are, are way more humble than you would expect. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just way cooler, way more laid back. Mm-hmm. Than, than you would think. Um, do you have and, an example of that? Do you have someone that comes to mind that you've met um, that maybe, I don't know if you've ever been starstruck, but yeah, maybe you were... I've got a perfect example. Yeah, yeah, so okay. so, <laughs> so um, when I was coming up through high school, uh, there was a runner named Bob Kennedy who was sort of the, he was the mid-90s guy. He was the, he was the first non-African to ever break 13 minutes in the 5K. Okay. And, and he was also one of the first... Um, Olympians that the U.S. had had to like be a real contender. Mm-hmm. You know, he was he was up there for that era, and um, I knew that he was around and in the running industry. And he he's pretty far removed now. Obviously, he doesn't really run anymore. He just looks like anybody else. He just <laughs> looks like a you know this guy when he was running for on the Olympic. He had a, the gold chain and the full uh, the full the full Nike uniform, and he was all kitted out. You know. Yeah. He, you wore shorts that were named as the Kennedy short, right? Yeah. Kennedy, we had Kennedy shoes yeah. in college. So did you have a gold chain that you would Yeah, drive? I did. Yeah. yeah. In high school, yeah. shamingly. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm also from New York and a lot Italian. So it's, it, it fit, man. It's not, yeah. you were going to get, you were going to have a gold chain. Yeah, no matter what. Yeah, no matter <laughs> what. Destiny. Totally. It's in my DNA. So, um, he walked in the store one day, just, passing through. I had no idea. I have no connection to him at all. I know a couple guys in town that had run with him in college and stuff, but I didn't know him. So yeah, for the first time I was like, Oh, I was in the office and popped my head up. I heard the bell ring. I was like, Oh, and a couple of the other guys, younger guys were helping him. The, the one guy was qualifying for us champs in the three K. He was a good runner, but he had no idea who he was. It's his (laughs) distance running is very fickle that way at the elite level. These guys are gone for 10 years. Nobody ever, you know, know, but so he's like, Oh, can I help you? (laughs) Like this guy's owns like three stores, you know, was in the Olympic team, Nike sponsored. And 
here we've got Adam on the floor trying to help him with shoes, you know? <laughs> and uh, one of our guys, Nick, came in and he's like, hey, man, is that Bob Kenny? I'm like, yeah. He's like, what do you think? I'm like, let's see how Adam does for a while. We just kind of left him out there. But, <laughs> oh, man. He was, he was great. It was so funny because I, I kind of wanted to see what he would do, you know? And, yeah. and um, Bob was so nice, you know? And he's like, no, you know, man, I'm just looking and it's cool. Yeah, you guys have a really nice shop and... We heard a lot about you, so we wanted to stop in. And he he didn't mention anything. Yeah. And we let this go for, for like 10 minutes or something. You know, and I came out, I'm like, um, hey, man, here's a T-shirt. Can I get a picture with you out front? And Adam yeah. just looked at me just perplexed, like, what? Who? Why? You know? And I was like, come on, man, that's Bob Kennedy. And he's like, who? I was like, <laughs> just take a picture with him outside, you know? So it was just like, it was just a funny, yeah, yeah it was just a funny kind of interaction how but, did he, how did he respond when you when you came out and he said, smiled. Can't get picture? Yeah, yeah, he he, he, he smiled. Yeah, because I'm a lot closer in his age. So yeah. you know, the the last time I would have run at Stanford Invitational in college, he was there running yeah. the 10k. You wow, know, and, wow. and um, so I saw him. That, yeah, so we would have crossed over at some point. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he was super cool about it. Took the yeah. picture out front. I saw him at an event a few months later, and he walked by and. He's like, hey man, I'm still wearing that shirt. It's awesome. I was like, that's cool, you know. And that was yeah. my only, and that was sort of that was sort of the the thing too. I was just like, oh cool, cool. I was just, you know, I was like 15 year old high school kid yeah. again, you know. I yeah. couldn't I couldn't even say anything else to him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my example of uh, being anybody. Uh, you know, Mo Farah's walked in the store before and taken pictures. I'm like, hey, wow. what's up? You know, no big deal. But yeah, but yeah it kind of depends on the space you're in at the time. I think. Oh, for sure, that is that is a trip to think. Um, and I really do think the culture there is so, so yeah, like open and friendly. I was thinking my first time getting on the treadmill, you know, and just in my head about it, like, I'm really going to do like an ultra shuffle on this treadmill <laughs> and they're going to be like, and I'm going to be like, judge these shoes based on like <laughs> my style and how, yeah. Um, and so it was, it was definitely reassuring to like have people that were engaged and interested and really helpful. Um, to switch gears a little bit, I did want to chat. So you're talking about prominent running figures in the community and, you know, Flagstaff friend um, Rivers Pusey has been going through it. And you were really involved with the uh, Run With Ribs fundraising campaign. Is that right? Dan, we back. We back? You selling amps. Selling amps. Yeah, I got something new. I got a hashtag curb alert. Hashtag curb alert. I love that. Hashtag curb alert, man. Double wide love seat that reclines exclamation point. Free, comma, curbside pickup. This well-loved double-wide love seat that reclines needs a new home. The back is a little worn, but the couch is still functional. This comfy seat is yours if you're willing to pick it up. I'll take this post down when it's gone. Here's the thing that I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah. It says the back is a little worn. Yeah, yeah. But the couch is still functional. It yeah. says the condition is fair. Ooh, I think he's underselling it. Absolutely underselling this joint. <laughs> yeah, check check it out because it's it's a little worn i think is a good term for it but it's not bad at all it's not bad at all still intact it's just intact. a little worn down if you were to make a good clinical judgment about the condition of this couch yeah. what would you say oh, i'd say fair to good fair, at, at a minimum fair to good at a minimum yeah maybe it, dip your toes in excellent yeah it, it's like uh the back is just faded a little it's just a little faded go so, get that so don't let that deter you check out the post id 719 908 1219 hashtag curb alert curb alert get dams get dams and you were really involved with the uh, run with ribs 
fundraising campaign. Was that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, the the specific division of it. So there are two. There are two prominent ones. The GoFundMe page. Um, which has been up for quite a while and we didn't play a role in, I mean, we donated to that, but, but I have, I, I didn't have any role in that. The thing that we created was the, was the run with ribs virtual challenge. And that's what we were working on here in town and, and through the shop. Yeah. And so do you mind sharing a little bit about how that came up as an idea, the process of developing that and then, um, what, what y'all have been able to produce too? Yeah, um, sure. So Mike, Mike Smith and I were, were at the gym one morning talking about river situation and, and we'd been talking about it, you know, every day, kind of how he was doing and looking for updates. And in, in the early stages, that was how you, you know, you, you find someone that had talked to Steph and and then it kind of goes down the chain and you get the updates that way. So Mike had quickly said, you know, we should do something, um, I was like, well, there's the GoFundMe page. Uh, what, what, do, what do you think? And he's like, man, could we do like some kind of event or something? And the virtual racing thing right now is obviously big because of COVID. All those races got shut down and a lot of the events have gone virtual to sustain their income. So yeah. I thought, well, we could, you know, we could try a virtual event and see how that goes. And the more we discussed it and the more we thought about it, when you're discussing about someone you know in that situation that's going through that struggle, I think that... And, and even if you're just inspired by him or you you followed some of his videos and stuff, I think that you you care at a level that's a little bit beyond some story that you just heard. You know him, you know, and, and it's like, man, how can we help? And funds were being raised, so that didn't seem like quite enough. But you could see that there were... This common thread was that it seemed like people wanted to take some kind of physical action. You could see that there was like, there's something about obviously his personality and the way he inspires people to get out. You're like, man, I just want to do something. Like, what can I do? You know? And, and that was the thing it, up to this point, it just largely felt like there was nothing, you know, you could check on him. That's it. So what that led to was, um, this idea of run with ribs that not only will we try and fundraise, but we would try and do that by extending ourselves physically in the way that he does on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's part of his personality. That's in his soul, right? Is to go out there and stretch himself and to press and push. And, um, it felt like a cool way to, to honor him and honor what he was going through. And then the secondary thing was if we could capture that, that would be something to archive and show to him once, once he woke up. It's like, Hey man, all these people out there were, were not only donating to this thing, but like, now you can see like they were out there struggling through this in their own way mm-hmm. um, in, in trying to support and lift you and your family up in their own way. And it gave a physical release for that, mm-hmm. which um, I kept in touch with his brother Jacob throughout this, this process. This was my role. We had a, Again, we had a lot of people involved in putting that together and making that a reality. Ben Rosario from Northern Arizona Elite was helping promote it. Gail Hughes was on the background helping build the site. Mm-hmm. Um, with my assistance, Mike was helping spread the word and promote it as well. M- my role was trying to communicate with Jake. Hey, is this okay? Do you guys feel all right about this? Where can we send the funds once we gather them? Um, and and it through this, it one of the things that Jake had said was, and, and Jake went all out. I mean, he went nine days doing something like twenty four miles a day mm-hmm. to to duplicate one of the runs that Rivers yeah. had done, and. Jake had said that prior to that, he was having trouble getting out of bed. I mean, this was leveling him. So yeah. 
it was just cool to see that response from people like, yes, now this feels like something we can do. This feels like a way to help. And the, the great thing about it was that it, it extended beyond the network of just the running community because people that don't know Tommy maybe don't run and don't know his story and don't know him as a personality in the fitness community, they know the people that were doing those runs on his behalf and they care about those people. So if you can get, you know, someone's running for Tommy, but then their mom donates and their aunt donates and their brother donates. And all of a sudden it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, now you've, now you sort of like extended this reach yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, that helped us, that helped us generate more revenue and, and more presence. Yeah. Yeah. The, the reach or the, um, maybe the influence, like it seems like it spanned the globe. Yeah. Continues yeah. to even. Yeah. yeah. And even now how much, uh, cause I think we had reported after those first nine days, was it August 1st, to August 9th? Mm-hmm. We reported, I think, that there, y'all had raised like 180 grand. Yeah, I sent, this was good timing. They they established the trust and I sent a check. This is, I've never done this in my life. I mailed a check for $194,000 yesterday to, oh, to, go, to go to that fund. Yeah. And there's still, it's wild. The event's been closed, but we, we left the donation button open for people that maybe made the pledges late. Yeah. And there's just still these donations trickling. We haven't promoted it in a month and a half. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's another check coming for like another 1500 or something. It just still continues to, to wow. kind of like trickle yeah. in, which is pretty cool. The GoFundMe has far, far, far surpassed that. I, w- I was really proud of what we were able to accomplish. I think that that's one of the single most meaningful things we've been able to do through the shop and, and as a community as well, um, to, to be able to just lend a hand and be part of that and have that outreach was, was cool. That, that, that's one of the best things we've done. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from the monetary part of it, I think you did a very good job of like articulating that there was like this need for kind of a, a release valve, some cathartic expression and, the idea you guys had for people to come in contact with the world the way that Rivers does by going out and pushing themselves and seeing new places or or just pushing themselves in in tough parts of the world was really valuable. It's powerful to see the connection of that. I've been blown away by the expansive nature of it. So thanks for all that effort you put in. Yeah, of course. It was it was it was I was really happy we were able to do it. For sure. And from here, is it just kind of like you're saying that donate button is still open if people wanted to go there? Are there any other like pushes or anything on the horizon for? Not unless we were prompted um, by by Tommy or his family. Um, One of the things that we tried to honor and the reason we reached out to Jacob about it was not only to make sure it was okay with their family, but also because Tommy had expressed in his wishes you know, in his last set of videos on Instagram that there are, you know, other people suffering through the process of COVID and, um, you know, particularly, you know, our neighbors in the Native American community have been hit super hard by this. And he he wanted to make sure that he wasn't, he was trying to use his platform to to help them too. Um, I haven't talked to anyone about it yet. I'm hopeful that he comes out of this and that, in, in the best way possible. I'm, I'm hoping we can do something like this again, mm-hmm. but to donate for another cause, uh-huh. kind of to his wishes, you know. Uh-huh. Um, I have no doubt that when he and his family get on their feet, they're going to find a way to pay it forward. Yeah. I mean, that's just how they are, you know. Yeah. Um, so 
yeah, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that he's just solid enough that it's not even necessary. You know, mm-hmm. next time, next time you hear about this, it's from him. Yeah. I think that's impressive. And listening to you speak about it, there's this humility about it, but yeah, um, it's clear that you and your store have a role, role in the culture here and that being an example of that. Um, so it's powerful to hear about. I wonder about coming back to the store then. What is the vision for the future? I think you guys are expanding currently, right? Um, what do you foresee? All right, Dan, we back. We selling names. Selling names. Selling names. What do I got? I got a 36-inch capital I, capital D times five-foot concrete culvert. So... <laughs> So 36 inch yeah. by five foot. So we could probably go ahead and just convert that into feet. We'll call it three foot by five foot. Or else 36 inch by 60 inch. Yeah, we could do that. Or it could be three foot by 60 inch. So it's a con- concrete culvert, you yeah. said? Need a culvert? <laughs> I don't know that I do. Question what mark? is it? What is it essentially? A culvert looks like a uh, something that a stream would pass through. <laughs> it's like a tunnel? Like a tunnel. <laughs> But it's a small one. It's 36 inches by 5 feet. (laughs) Or 3 feet by 5 feet or 36 inches by 60 60 inches. inches. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'm with you now. So do I need one? I I don't think I do, but someone might. Yeah, because these people have one for you. But guess what? It is heavy. (laughs) Are you saying it that way because they use caps for it and heavy? Yeah, followed by a period. (laughs) Okay. So if you want to come get this joint, you got to make sure you have everything you need to load and transport it. Is that your comment or is that theirs? That's theirs. My, my thing is that what might we need? I, I'm assuming the Ford Tesla Express isn't going to cut the job. I don't know that it would. No, uh, a three not. foot by five foot culvert. I don't think the Ford Tesla Express. <laughs> I don't know. You got that hatch though. Got that hatch, man. <laughs> the image Couple of this of thing red. hanging out the back of the Ford Tesla. <laughs> Yeah, get you a couple of ratchet straps. You might be okay. Strap that joint down, and I'll be all right. All right. You got so a post maybe, ID? Yeah, you guys got to beat, beat Cody to this one. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Curb Alert. Post ID 718-699-9466. Get dance. What do you foresee? Yeah, we have purchased Sedona Running Company um, from Adam and, and Lindsay Gifford a uh, little over a year ago. We had a year left on that lease. We just moved the location from the Bashes Plaza down in Sedona to the roundabout between 89A and 179. Mm-hmm. So kind of a similar move in a way that we had done from the original runner, Runner's High to run Flagstaff. There are some parallels. Just trying to get it in a more visible location and, yeah. and get traffic up. But also when we moved it, we went pretty hard on the build-out and tried to make it something special. Yeah. Um, that that's in our plans. I think that there's a lot of potential for events in Sedona in the future. We had a couple of things on the calendar that we've had to cancel because of COVID, but we still see that as a big part of our business moving forward and, and to try and just work on it, kind of bridging the gap between the community of Flagstaff and the community of Sedona and making, making this the running destination, you know, between those two places. I've, I've met people that have come to Flagstaff to run and people that have come to Sedona to run. It's just, it just seems like if you make it this far, you can't miss the other, you know? Yeah, so yeah. just trying to like close that loop and, and make this region, you know, the spot to come as a big part of our business plan moving forward and really solidify that, that mark on the region 
is what we're looking to do. I, I think that Sedona in some of that area has been a little bit underserved and there's some potential there. And then in terms of running Flagstaff, we're just looking to continue to build on what we've been doing, you know, just continue to chip away and make everything a little bit better as we're able to, you know, make the events a little bit higher quality as we're able to, offer better serving, ser- timing services as we're able to. The expansion in trail footwear has been incredible the last couple of years, which has really played to our shop and we're cool. To, it's really cool to see that development. So continue to just bring in stuff people haven't seen before or maybe had the opportunity to try on before mm-hmm. um, that would really play well out, out in our unique environment. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, no doubt. I was wondering, so like running in a lot of ways represents business. That's how you generate revenue. I guess I want to get a little bit into like your heartfelt connection to it. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you were talking about running, growing up, like running uh, cross country and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about your connection to running? What role it has in your life? Yeah, it's uh, ever changing. Uh, oddly, oddly. I think one thing that running has instilled, well, I think it's for many runners, but certainly instilled in me was, was just the work ethic, that kind of idea that if you really pour your effort into something, there's a return. There are a lot of sports when you're young that are kind of skill-based and that clicks or it doesn't, you know? And in running for me especially was different because I, I could see the benefit of putting the time in. I was also kind of a wild kid and I see this in my son now, who's, who's two, <laughs> as he oh, disassembles our living room, you yeah. know, <laughs> and wears his mom to the ground. Um, he's a great kid, but but there's this energy about him that if you don't harness that, it's just like it could go anywhere, you know, at any time, in any direction. I was very much like that when I was young. Focus was a huge problem. Mm. Um, so running gave me focus. It gave me a place to put the effort. It gave me a place to to kind of prove my worth and value. Um, it doesn't stick the way any of us would like it to, which is unfortunate. I just, I turned 40 back in March. Um and it's interesting as you age, there's sort of these milestones where you're like, oh, that doesn't come so easy. <laughs> and then there's this other milestone where you're like, man, that's gone. You know, it's like there's there's doesn't come easy and you're not getting it back. Um, and, and there's certain levels of of uh, certain levels that I've had to kind of reconcile that it's like, man, that's just not coming back. You know, there was a point where I could have hoped for it. So, but what's been cool about the shop is it allows me to express it in a different way. So I still, I feel like I still have that in me, you know, that energy to put somewhere. My body won't give it to me in terms of athletic output anymore. Um, I pay the price on that in a big way. So um, it's, it's cool to be able to put that effort and energy and output into the business and into the community and continue to see just, just the growth and the benefit of that. I mean, we were down at the Sedona store building that shop out three weeks ago and I probably spent, man, I don't even know how many hours just hanging speaker wire, you know, like something is subtle. I'm like, I've spent, I feel like I've spent days hanging speaker wire, <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. this weird, like strange, like my wife came in at one point and was like, why don't you pay someone to do that? I was just like the budget, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it has to be done, you know, but, but that's a very like stubborn endurance athlete distance runner trait you know and if you don't have a place to put that and it's in you you're in trouble it's just not going to come out in the most positive way i don't (laughs) think so so uh yeah especially not in relationship huh no yeah yeah yeah, especially not in a relationship um 
yeah. So that's, that's been my relationship with running and I still run, you know, I still go to the gym. My racing days at any serious level are, are probably gone, Yeah. but I, but I like getting out there, yeah. you know, I like being on the trails and I like spending my time staying in shape and, and being part of the community here. I wonder yeah. if it was an evolution for you to, were you always into trail running or were you more focused on the track and then did that evolve to the trails? What was that like? Yeah, I never, I never had success as a trail racer, mm-hmm. you know, like I, you know, I was definitely a track and cross country guy when I was young. I had a couple injuries coming out of college that made like trail racing very difficult, but my preference is always to run the trails. Mm-hmm. Like if I had a choice where I grew up in, in outside of Rochester, New York, we had, um, we had some decommissioned trolley beds and the, uh, Erie canal pathway. And that's what you would, that was our trail here. That's Buffalo park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In <laughs> fact, Buffalo park trail. is more extreme. Yeah. It's urban trail. Max, yeah. max that's, that's as technical yeah. as I ever saw. Yeah. So, I mean, you could, that's a, that's a cross country course. You could, yeah. you could run flat out on that stuff. Yeah. Um, very different technical skill set than what you see these guys like training for Western and yeah. Leadville and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just totally different. Yeah. No river crossings or boulders. No, uh, I fell in the canal go. once. If that counts. <laughs> yeah. I guess that does. I guess well, it does. does. Yeah. Was it cause you were going so yeah. fast? No, no, <laughs> no. I was, yeah. Yeah. I wish, I wish it was. So yeah, like that difference between growing up in Rochester, running the canal, uh, running trails in Flagstaff. What are some of your favorite trails in Flagstaff? Do you feel like a particular connection to any one trail, several trails? Yeah. Um, Secret Trail. Oh yeah. Yeah. Secret and Sunset are the two that come to mind first. Coming off of Sunset down Brookbank. I don't know what condition that's in after last year's fire, if it's been rebuilt. I I haven't, I've been up sunset, but I've not been able to connect to it. Yeah. Um, last I went up. It's, it's there. It's, yeah. I mean, everything around it's burnt, but yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to go back and see that hands down my favorite. And obviously it's gone now. I'm curious to see if it ever, ever comes back in any form was uh, little bear before, oh, yeah. before the fire, yeah. like, like 2010, pre 2010. But yeah. I think, I think secret and sunset are probably, uh, Jedi is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, as well so yeah those those would be my top three now yeah yeah those are great trails those are great trails to watch mountain bikers crash yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've been one of those too unfortunately yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are great trails yeah so real quick what brought you to flagstaff you know so you're talking we're talking a little bit about the connection to running um you, you talked about growing up in new york primarily so how do you make it to flagpole from rochester new york Selling dams. Selling dams. Selling dams. We back. Yeah. Guess what I got for you? What do you got? I got bad gas. Huh? <laughs> it's not what you think. Okay. So in Railroad Springs, okay. it's written, I have 20 gallons of bad gas. Dang. I had 20 gallons of them on the couch earlier. <laughs> that ain't a lie. <laughs> yeah. So this is a little different than your experience on the couch. Yep. It says, I have 20 gallons of bad gas. It sat for too long where I'm not comfortable running it in my truck. Mm. So we're going to want to wreck his rig. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, got to take care of that. Take care of the rig. Take care of the rig. So he says it might be fine for, he gives you a couple of options here. Okay. It's bad gas. It might be fine for a go-kart. Makes sense. Bonfire. Probably not here. <laughs> Maybe not here now. Not here now. <laughs> And then etc. So oh. then he leaves it open for you to kind of just brainstorm how you could use this bad gas. 
many ideas for bad guys. Yeah, yeah. So I, I see you all taking off with your great ideas for what you could do with this. Here's a little caveat. Mm-hmm. The jugs aren't his, so bring your own containers and funnel so you can okay. transfer the bad gas. So if I need to go get this 20 gallons of BG, I got to take my own containers and my own funnel. Yeah, yeah. But then I can do with it yeah, whatever yeah. I want. That's yeah. free gas. Yeah. Also, I don't think this is a hashtag curb alert. I think, he, I think you got to get in touch with him. Okay. So check it out. Post ID 719-402-2205. Get this. Get this. How do you make it to flagpole from Rochester, New York? Yeah. So uh, via Charlotte, North Carolina, apparently. So I went okay. from I went from Rochester. I went to school at UNC Charlotte. I lived in Charlotte for a few years after um, with a brief stint in Boone. My wife grew up in Asheville, North Carolina, so she was very much, yeah, very much a mountain girl, loved loved the mountains, and um, she received a job offer at Summit Center So in, in 2006. So we moved out kind of for her to take, and that was, a, that was right out of college, so that was her first, you know, that was her first job, tr- real full-time job. Uh, so we moved out for her to take a crack at that, and... Um, did she pick here to apply to? Like, how did that become? No, how did was, that get on the radar? No, Sarah graduated with a degree in kinesiology from UNC Charlotte. And when she graduated, she wanted to work in endurance fitness rehabilitation. It's a very specific field. Yeah, wow. It was somewhat common in Charlotte because they had a pretty prominent triathlon and distance running community. In mm-hmm. uh, big city has resources for that. Mm-hmm. So oddly, there was a place called Endurance Rehab that just opened up in Scottsdale. It was brand new. She applied as, I think it was like a physical therapy assistant was maybe the official title. She applied. We flew there in July of 2006. I'd never been in the desert in my life. I remember getting off the plane and my contacts drying out of my eye. So I just like almost like fell out of my eye sockets. I was like, God, this is, I didn't say anything because I was trying to be the supportive. We were only dating at that point. So I could have lost her at any time. I was like, I can't, I gotta be the supportive guy and just hang in. So, um, yeah, she, she interviewed there the next day and the whole time I was like, man, I I won't last two days down here. I'm going to, it's going to kill me. They offer her the job on the spot. So she got back in the rental car. And she's like, yeah, they offered me the job. I was like, oh. And I just, I had, so anyway, we, um, that was how we got out here. It was so hot in Phoenix that we couldn't be there. So we're like, well, we've never been to the Grand Canyon. We've never been to Flagstaff. We knew it was running Mecca. Let's go check it out. And we drove up and we were driving around. I was like, you have your resume. Just go to Kinko's, make some copies and drop it off everywhere here (laughs) and maybe and that's what happened she she dropped it off at the center for high altitude training uh summit summit the summit center summit health and fitness uh fac and um the summit center needed a medical assistant and actually called her for an interview on our flight back to north carolina so yeah so that was it. That that's that's how it happened. We're glad you made it out here. Yeah, me too. That's certainly <laughs> staggering. Definitely a couple of things I want to cover before we wrap things up. Um, I want to talk about that super bitchin' run Flagstaff van. Oh yeah. Yeah, tell us the story. No doubt. I love it. I get really excited when I see it around town. It's like uh, what used to be the ice cream truck for me back in the day, and I see run Flagstaff van now. I get really pumped. The van. So 
we started the timing business back in 2014 for two years. We timed out of everything from a tent to my Jeep Cherokee to a uh, <laughs> to a five by eight trailer that we built in my buddy's driveway, um, all with mediocre to poor result. Uh, and and one day I got fired up about this idea of the timing business being like this really cool thing and you know, let's build a van and we'll time out of the van and it'll be great for advertising. So totally on a, I mean, it was almost on a whim. I just, I went by the Mercedes dealership when it was over here on Schweitzer and yeah. uh, met the manager there, asked him if he'd sponsor the downtown mile. He said, yes. I was like, cool, we'll get like a red Mercedes pace car. That'll be sick. <laughs> and, and then I, and then we were on the lot and I was like, Sarah, they have these vans. And she's like, oh man, she's like, you're gonna, I was like, let's look at them real quick. And we looked. I was like, what? These things cost like a pickup truck. What a pickup truck costs. Yeah. We'll just buy it and build it. I mean, we would have bought a truck eventually, you yeah. know. Yeah. We'll just buy one of these and and, and build, build it. it out. So I went and talked to him, the manager, uh, Greg, over at Mercedes. And I was like, hey, what do, what do you what do you think? And he gave me the whole spiel, man. It's like, oh, we'll make you a great deal and we'll sponsor the race. And I got caught up in the moment, and then we had a van. <laughs> that's oh, the, I love that. That's it. That's it. So I spent the next three, four months in my buddy's driveway, and instead of the trailer this time, we built a whole... Built yeah, yeah. I mean, till like, one in the morning with flashlights, and yeah, it was brutal. Um, that That's a that's a pre-dad job, for yeah. sure. Yeah. There's no way. At this stage of my life, I could pull that off. But uh, but yeah, that was it. That, oh, was, that was the van. Any uh, any decision making process that like the prelude is that got caught up in the moment a like, lot yeah. yeah most of those things that happen yeah mo- most <laughs> most big most big jumps that we make are caught up in the moment kind of <laughs> I'm trying to temper that with age but um, yeah sometimes it play sometimes it works out yeah, yeah no doubt well in that case for sure uh, if we got a real bitch in Beyond Flag sticker made I guess I'm wondering how do you get your company on the van. <laughs> in, you know, in year one, we actually sold uh, space. So, so Business all, man. all, yeah. <laughs> I, I had to pay for those rims, man. Those those wheels and tires those were pricey. Dumps. So that's right. Yeah, right. Totally get them dumps <laughs> flossed out. Yeah, man. Those those um, those BFGs don't come cheap. So, <laughs> so I sold I sold some space. You know, I told everybody it would be good for two years, and then we'd re up. Yeah. We never went back or re-upped it or charged anybody ever again. And those stickers will probably be on there till the sun bakes them off. So <laughs> if uh, if you if you've got a sticker you want to put on there, it's it's good. It's it's, it's on. It's done. All right, you got it. that. We um, can get that right before you leave. Yeah, we can get it. I got I've got real estate on there. You're good to go. You might want to be careful. Cody will get like a crayon. <laughs> go pick up like one yeah, of those name tag names. labels. Yeah, we've got standards. I mean, it's not sky's not the limit. But, yeah. You know. Well, I'm just I'm giving you a heads yeah, up who you you. who you're dealing with here. Dan knows me too well yeah. in this scenario, <laughs> no doubt. Um, so we had mentioned this before. Um, I, I was wondering what what do you think of that uh that setup over there? We got that Nike Wild Horse Six on top of a couple books. When we had Sensemen on, we really tried to throw our uh, beta male weight around by stacking up a bunch of books. Yeah. We thought we'd make Vince maybe a little more comfortable. You know, we didn't want to intimidate you like we did Sensman. Yeah. Just by throwing out a, an overused trail shoe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I appreciate it. I don't, it's, it's a little tattered for display, but it shows you put the work in and I respect that. There we go. You know, you put the work in and I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. It's also the best color in that wild horse that they ever made. 
yeah, you've got good taste. Ah, thank you. I yes. really, what are your thoughts on, I, I felt like when I put that shoe on, it was like the best shoe I've ever put on in my life it's really, for running. It actually like legitimately, I mean, we, we've carried every trail shoe in existence almost for the last, you know, 14 years. That is one of the best trail shoes ever built. I mean, in terms of just pure performance and fit and feel, the second you put it on, it's just like right down the middle of the road. Yeah, you nailed it. It's a good choice. Okay, cool. Yeah. That, that feels good. I put that on next to a Pegasus, I think. Right. And I think I took the Pegasus right off. Like, yeah, <laughs> didn't yeah. even last a second on my foot. They're, they're good. It's just a different, yeah, it's a different deal. Yeah. Yeah. Very it's cool. next level. Do you And do you wear Nike or do you have a preference uh, a shoe? Yeah, uh, I switch it up. I've got some Nikes, Sauconies, and some New Balance in the rotation right now, and and I I really like all three of them for for different purposes. Hoka's are great if you're just mashing rocks. Yeah. You know, actually they make some really good light stuff now too. So my my preference kind of varies, but I tend to stay within those four brands. That said, our most popular brand in the shop is Brooks. Is so it? go figure. I haven't run in a pair of Brooks shoes in twelve years. <laughs> <laughs> But that's um, the one, huh? But that's the staple. Yeah. Ah, very yeah. cool. Well, before we close things out, you know, we've, in a lot of our previous interviews, we've talked about, so we really like to get into people's connection to Flagstaff. And we talked a little bit about the, the, what Run Flagstaff has brought to the city. I guess I was curious if you could sum up in just maybe like um, a few words or even just a sentence or two, your connection to Flagstaff. What does this place as a whole mean to you? I think much like the running question, that's ever evolving also. So, you know, initially, when Sarah and I moved here, we looked at it as just like a cool place to try for a little bit. I figured we were here two, three years. Yeah. That was sort of my thing. I'm like, we'll try it for two, three years, you know, see how it is. After we got into the community and got to know everybody and, you know, ran the shop and opened the shop, it just started to become a place that we could see staying, you know, and just mm-hmm. by default year after year. And it, I think inevitably... I mean, I think most people sooner or later have the discussion about moving on. You know, it's a natural progression. You always think about it. But every time we did that, I I thought back to all the people I knew that moved and came back or moved and deeply regretted it. And we went through this long list of trying to identify what are those things about this town that when you move somewhere else, you're like, God, it's just not the same. Hmm. And we, I mean, we did. We came up with like real tangible a real tangible list of very specific things. It's like, man, it would be really hard to find this combination somewhere else. The realistic accessibility to the outdoors every day is, I think it's unparalleled. I mean, there'll be days that, you know, we'll go hike and ski down snowball and I'm still at work in the morning. Mm -hmm. Anywhere else, it's a trip. That's like a week. You got to like load a car and, you know, it's a big deal. Um, Same with mountain biking, same with running. I mean, I don't, I never drive anywhere to go for a run. And that right. doesn't, it, we've lived on both sides of town. It doesn't matter where yeah, you live. Yeah. It makes no difference, right? And now it's kind of evolved into this idea of having sort of a unique place for our, our son to grow up. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, w- what does this place have to offer him that he just couldn't experience as a kid anywhere else? And again, there's a pretty substantial list. I mean, it's a legitimate list of things that we could bring to his childhood that would be near impossible to duplicate mm-hmm. any other and, and would be truly unique, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, I, I think that more than anything, that's, that's what it means to me and what it continues to mean to me is just the, the things that this place has to offer that are just so unique in your just 
day-to-day quality of life are so off the charts, you know? Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, we love this place. And yeah. everything that you said, I think, just, like, falls right in line with yeah. Yeah, we talked about yeah, and, and with the accessibility that's here, you'll be able to bring your son up, get him running, running some fast splits, and send those time to Mike Smith and rub it in yeah. generationally. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. as a generational yeah. competition. Yeah. If there's one thing I live for, it's just giving Mike a hard time. That's, that's we'll, <laughs> we'll make an Instagram quote out of that. I love it. Yeah. If there's one thing I live for, it's, it. it's giving Mike, Mike, Mike Smith yeah. a hard yeah. time. Yeah, that's so right. Sensman's going for city council. Is Mike going to yes. be mayor? Some day is that just some like inside I, joke I, no i think that mike has been mayor for for probably the better part of 12 years you know? <laughs> that's not just an inside joke i mean i yeah. i have uh, there was there was a time when we used to do running retreats in town and mike when he was coaching at georgetown would fly back and you know mm-hmm. he was here in the summers and i remember walking downtown with mike and you just hear somebody go mayor's back and i was like what man like that's just some guy. That's not. Yeah. That's not even like someone in the running community. That's just yeah. some 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 dude that knows Mike from. I don't even know, man. I don't know where, but yeah, I think Mike is uh, unofficial in certain circles. Mike will be the unofficial mayor of Flagstaff for eternity. All right. Yeah. And do you want to announce your uh, city council bid? I'm good, man. <laughs> couple okay. couple of businesses, a kid. I'm You're I'm good. solid. But He's I wish still... I would do wish Sensman the best of luck. Yeah. I think that that's that's really cool and. He could do some great things for yeah. uh, for Flagstaff, so I'm glad he's doing it. Yeah, you'll no stick to wiring point. wiring the store down in Sedona. Yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> speaker speaker wire is my specialty. Huh? <laughs> okay. stick, stay right there. No doubt. Well, Vince, we really appreciate your uh, well, first your flexibility uh, dealing with us two jackasses over here sharing a microphone. You guys did great. <laughs> Thank couple, you. A couple of jackalopes. Yeah. I love that he validates us. <laughs> you guys are doing good. You guys I are promise. Good. Thanks, Vince. Uh, yeah, we do. We honestly, we, we uh, greatly appreciate you carving out some time of the day to come sit with us thank you thanks for having me yeah we wish you the best thank you all right dan we back in the dunny i'm gonna say now that vince is not here uh, i'm really happy to have my own microphone (laughs) to not be sitting two feet from me that just was awful (laughs) (laughs) just violating cdc rules all over the place i can't i can't say i disagree dodging corona like the matrix yeah (laughs) gosh man but here we are so, uh, so give the listeners a little context. What what was going on there? So our technological prowess was on display. <laughs> I would say we'll start there. So uh, Vince um, Vince had a front row seat. Vince had a front row to seat to our IT department, and it was uh, really funny. Just yeah, you know, hearing him validate and and laugh <laughs> and that kind of thing. You guys are doing great, uh, but yeah, it was Dan Dan got everything set up. We had our mics all good. Uh, sat down to record and literally mine just went out. It wouldn't done. work. It was yeah. done. It wouldn't work. Yeah. So in an or in an effort to practice one of our values of flexibility, huh? Yeah. We'll just roll with it. We just rolled with it. Yeah. We had Vince there, captive audience. It's hard to get people on the books. We decided to roll with it after 20 minutes of <laughs> trying to get it to work. We tried so hard to make that mic work. Trying to get that IT department to get that mic working. Yeah, so we uh, literally, I don't know if we got a good picture of this at all, but I was looking at the corner of the room, basically, and you were looking at Vince. So we were looking in opposite directions using one microphone between us. And just trying to avoid eye contact, direct Gosh. eye contact with that closeness. Yeah, exactly. And that would feel extremely awkward. And, and then, then like, like you mentioned a minute ago, the best part of it is uh, Vince offering validating yeah. comments here and there. 
saying like, oh, you guys are doing great. You're doing great. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> we appreciate it, Vince. Thanks for, uh, thanks for uh, tolerating. Like, tolerating us. That's a really good word for that. Yeah, yeah. Dude, so uh, we did meet with Vince Sherry. Really grateful for him to come through the Dunn. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. I, I was impressed by um, like his effort to understand the history of running both um, in the U.S., just with the stories that he shared about runners that he idolized and stuff, Bob Kennedy, yeah. uh, but also like specific to this area. He really seems like he makes an effort and an ongoing effort to like connect with the people that know the history so that he can learn more about the history of running in this area. Like he really knew his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he had some recommendations for future pods maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can see how it'd be really easy to make this a yeah. uh, a run cast, huh? Yeah, yeah. we got to get Nat White. Yeah, Natronil. Natronil. We had Natronil on the books, huh? Yeah, COVID threw that off. Gosh, man! Yeah. Once the CVD passes on, maybe we can get Natronil back yeah, on the yeah. books. Yeah. yeah. What stuck out to you? What did you like? Man, well, a lot. I really just enjoyed uh, medium events, and then um, I, I mean, got to go back to run with ribs, right? Like um, mm, yeah. his involvement in that, and just when he was describing the process of how it built, and then the success. I don't. There was some about the way he said. He was like, "Yesterday, I just dropped off this check for like one hundred ninety-four thousand dollars." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow!" Like he just seemed surprised by the momentum that it had yeah. developed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then with that, you know, something that really stuck out was he was talking about how this probably isn't just like this and that it could potentially roll into something yeah. where that becomes something that fits Riv's vision for passing it forward. Yeah. Giving, giving money forward. Giving to other communities or other causes. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll look for run with Riv's and how it yeah. evolves and develops over time. Yeah. Also, he was saying that the donate link is still there so we'll we'll have that um in our linkedin our show notes mm-hmm. so you can go down and donate to that and how cool would that be if that became like an annual thing where ribs had to say yeah in uh what cause that was being donated towards yeah no doubt and again the the reach of the influence of that spans the globe oh yeah it's yeah. just been incredible yeah. yeah that is that's really powerful no doubt yeah so thanks for dropping knowledge and tolerating us Tolerating and dropping names. St. Saint, Saint Vincent de Sherry. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> that was a good moment. Less too. than impressed. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was another highlight, too. Is yeah. uh, Unfortunately, you all couldn't see that in real time. But when Cody brought him into the show and introduced him as St. Vincent de Sherry, yeah. uh, nothing. Nothing. You know, I didn't I, know that he was amused. I was hoping there was something. Again, I was trying to look at the other side of the room in the reflection of the window or somehow <laughs> through the back of my head. But the silence was really <laughs> telling. Good. Maybe we could go back and listen to the audio and just see if there's a chuckle or something. Like we could just maybe like single out his mic. Yeah, no, I look at the, I looked at the sound signatures. There's nothing? <laughs> nothing. Oh. You know, it is kind of fun to just bring someone on and see if you can throw them off their game a little bit, right? <laughs> well, did, are you saying that you threw him off his game or he threw you off your no, game? No, that's what I'm saying is I made an effort. He just countered, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, smoked. Yeah. Put you in a place. Yeah. yeah. And Senseman calls us out on throwing our weight around with some books. Yeah. However, you know, I did think that the, the Wild Horse 6 was a nice touch. 
he he was pretty uh, complimentary about that. He, he was. did he did use tattered as one of the adjectives for it though, and, and it followed up by and I respect that because you've put in the work. <laughs> well, I think that's the nice <laughs> side of old Vince. Yeah, thank you, Vince. <laughs> that's maybe one other thing to say. He really does have just such a soft side. He'd be a really cool uh, middle school science teacher. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, man. I in yeah. Kudos to him for doing that. Yeah. Also, we got to find us a uh, producer to get us a nice die cut sticker to get on the van, huh? Or should yeah. we just stick with the crayon? Well, I think, I think, aren't you our producer? I, I I'm really looking forward to uh, the crayon on the "Hello, my name is" tag. <laughs> I don't know that Vince will go for that. It sounded like, well, given what if you look at the van, what it looks like. How good uh, it looks. It looks like there's some standards. I don't know. That, <laughs> yeah. I don't well, know he said flat out there was. Yeah. But also, yeah, I, I would love to see what you created. Um, I'll come up with something super yeah. super fun. Yeah. You, that surprised me, too, when you brought that up. Uh, I didn't know you were going to pander <laughs> to get a sticker for a podcast. Oh, man. Yeah. On his run van. Yeah. <laughs> Such a cool van. But, I mean, there's all kinds of cool stuff on there. But, yeah. uh, you know, I have no shame, huh? I guess not. Just no shame. Yeah. You, you call him St. Vincent to Sherry, get nothing, and hmm. still end up pandering to get a sticker on Can his Can we band. get a sticker on that joint? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, wide-reaching man. podcast. Yeah. What, a, what a tolerant, tolerant person. Well, yes. thanks for joining us. Huge huge hashtag nice shout for Vince for coming through. We yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah. That was a good interview. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, why don't you take us out by shouting us out? No doubt. You can always hit us up on the internets. We got www.beyondflag, flag spelled. F-L-G. And then don't forget that .com afterwards. We're also on the Instagram. IG. The IG. Trying to instigate a following. <laughs> uh, so you can hit us up on there, beyond underscore flag. And we're on the tweeters. On the tweeters. How many followers as of this, as of this moment do we have, Dana? I believe... 35. Like Insta- we're in the mid 30s. Instagram. We did it. Following, man. We we're did it. There. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to put a party on the horizon, some sort of distanced party, because <laughs> we crossed 35 on the Twitter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really go through phases on how motivated <laughs> <laughs> our social media involvement yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that we've had anything this, this past week yeah. uh, before this recording. So, so hit us up so that we can get re motivated yeah, to engage the socials, reconnect to that virtual world. In the meantime, take care. Love you.